0: You looking for a taxi ride? Why don't you get in my can? Great, I gotta get to Pizza Hut. All right, here we go! Oh, Ow,
1: what the fuck. Oh, fuck, fuck? Jesus Christ! Ow, what fat. the fuck? What did you do? Oh my god! Fuck. What did you do? Fuck! I'm fat. I don't have a day! You think you could, you could jump over that tractor train? We're inside a store! Oh, you killed a person!
0: <laughs> oh, God!
1: I can't even tell if it's an arm or
0: a leg! I'm so mangled! Alright, we're here! <laughs> Hop on out! Be sure to give me a five star rating!
1: I said Pizza Hut, you dropped me off at Tower Records. <laughs>
0: We move our butts and yeah, 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 in retro racing taxi simulator, Crazy Taxi, this week on How Did This Get Played?
1: Welcome to How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and, well, we play good games now, too, video games of all time. (laughs) That third W is by Pagliacci on Twitter. Submit yours at GetPlayedPod, hashtag WWW. I'm Nick Weiger, along with Heather Ann Campbell.
0: I'm Heather Ann Campbell, along with our producer, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, Bucket. Edge. Wow, we, uh, you know, we
1: talk about a lot of bad games on this show, but I chose that intro... For a reason, because we're just talking about. I think Heather, yours one of yours and my's favorite games from the Dreamcast era today. I maybe yes. I'm overstating it, but I, I this is this is just like this game was just a joy to play at the time and and fun to revisit. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, but I say before we descend into gaming hell, it's what I normally say. We're not really going to go into gaming hell today, I guess. Uh, but. We'll still keep up our practice of first touching on a game we're enjoying in contemporary times by first spending 70 seconds in gaming heaven. Matt, tell us when to begin. Go for it, Heather.
0: Guys, I finally finished Assassin's Creed Valhalla with wow. hundred, 132 hours invested. That could have been a movie. I could have Jesus. written a movie, a screenplay, <laughs> about a full-time job. <laughs> Uh, I had uh, 73% of the trophies, 80% in the Wrath of the Druids DLC, which I also completed. I level capped at 427 and then added an additional 47 points of mastery. So I'm 47 levels above the level cap, effectively. Uh, there's still so much left to do in the game, but I did all of the quests all of the side quests, killed all the dudes you're supposed to kill, assassinated everybody, finished the story mode, and um, nothing. I feel nothing. I'm I'm empty inside. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want some, like, towards the end, it was just mechanical. Like, it wasn't even, like, something I was enjoying doing. Right. It was like, oh, I've got to put in my time in Valhalla today, and that time has come to an end. I have ascended to Valhalla itself. And I wish all of the players out there a hearty skull
1: Wow, time's up mm. wow, well timed Campbell. I uh, congratulations you.
0: that's a big achievement I guess is it <laughs> I don't like, know <laughs> i i I mean obviously we play video games for a bit of our lives here a little bit of our jobs mm-hmm. and um still when I saw the amount of time I'd put into it, mm-hmm. I was humiliated. <laughs> yeah. Like I I was not like, "Oh, this this was good that I did this." Yeah. Like immediately I felt guilt and shame about how I had not painted a painting or written a short story or
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, pet my dog yeah. for 132 hours. Like Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: I know exactly what you mean. I'm 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 closing in on 200 hours in Stardew Valley. I'm looking through my Steam queue and uh yeah, 230 hours in in FTL. So, yeah, that's a, that's a big chunk of life. I um I made a list of all the games I'd finished
2: thus far in quarantine and it was almost 30. It was at, it was 28, 30. And, yeah, it was yeah, and I was um, as soon as I made the list, I regretted it cuz I could see it. And I was just like, you read, I know for a fact, I read two books. <laughs>
1: <laughs> two in the same amount of time. And 20, 28 games. And 28
2: games, yeah. So
1: if you want to make yourself look a little bit more literary, just say, like, I've read, I've read and I've experienced combined uh 30 books and games
2: <laughs> that's true but <laughs> even in some of those games i was probably looking at my phone like an asshole i was like just, yeah. you know all of it sucks a lot of its phone
1: i'm thankful sh- uh, shaking myself out of that habit that's a bad habit yeah when you're like riding a horse in a video game and then checking your phone it's like oh, what yeah. am i doing here this is too much stimulation how many screens do i need what are we doing <laughs> Hey, let's introduce our guest. Very, very excited to have him. A writer and actor from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Black Monday. He also hosts the podcast, I Said No Gifts! Exclamation point.
3: (laughs) Bridger Weiniger is here. Hi, Bridger. Oh, you guys. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) We're happy to have you. A, A treat to have you. Thanks for making time for us. Uh, thanks m- for making time for me. This feels like a big experiment for me because I think if one thing can turn me into a completely joyless bore, it's talking about video games. Because <laughs> wow, I never do, but I I think about them so often and take them so seriously, and have so many uh, just uh, unhappy opinions about video games at this point. <laughs> But I'm just like, this could be an hour of me just complaining about the state of the industry and I hope that's not what it is. I love I mean,
0: it. I mean, I'm if that's the if that's what you're going to do, I'm 100% in. Let's just complain about the state of the industry for a fucking hour.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Let's turn this into an Andy Rooney segment to close out 60 Minutes. To,
3: there's a real, real looming thread of that. So just, if I start going off the, off the rails, please guide me back to just being in, in something enjoyable. <laughs> no, I, I love
1: this because, you know, you're, uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of yours. You're a very, very funny man, and but I don't know much about you as a gamer. Uh, um, so it, it seems like like it, what what got you into games, and and
3: why do you continue to play them? I mean, I was thinking about this r- earlier, and I honestly think I have thought about video games every single day since 1992. Like wow, wow. It, you know, I mean, starting with Super Nintendo, renting the Super, we rented the Super Nintendo system for my birthday in 1992. And I have not stopped thinking about games since then. Uh, But I don't, I don't, most of my friends aren't really into video games. And so Mm. I don't really speak about them outside of, I I don't, I don't talk about games to anybody. It's very (laughs) odd. I mean, and then there was like, you know, like the, as a kid, like, I mean, we're obviously in a very different era now where it's not as shameful to play video games, but there's that whole built-in, I still feel, like, kind of embarrassed about yes. how much I care about video games. Mm.
1: There was a little bit of a stigma, and I remember, like, it was kind of like you'd, you'd find a, another kid who was into video games and kind of talk to them, like, a, a separate from other kids, because you didn't want, like, you know, I like a, like a Street Fighter click and a, and a Final Fantasy, like, one Final Fantasy friend I'd talk to uh, about the game <laughs> with. It's yeah. the 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 thing I remember. I think I've maybe said it on the podcast before. Heather, you didn't have this experience, but I remember people saying calling Nintendo "no friendo. <laughs> oh,
0: no. Wait, I mean, I had the experience. I just didn't know the catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 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 yeah. It, the the industry has changed. Like it. Now to discuss a video game is like talking about a Marvel movie. Like it's not right. it's not in any way shameful. It's not in any way unique. Like my mom right now is starting Fantasian. Like wow. My wow. my oh. by the way, tracking my mother's game like going from like oh she's got a I got her a Switch and she started Animal Crossing all the way through Stardew Valley and now into the RPGs. <laughs> I'm so like it's she if if my Nobody. Everybody can do it. Everybody can play games, and there's and it's just talk about them.
3: Right. I think there's something very good about that. That in other ways, a lot of horrible things. Where it's like <laughs> ooh, a ooh, lot of that. the <laughs> edges have been sanded off of video games. A lot of like mm. the interesting elements of them have kind of fallen away. And now a game has to cost three hundred million dollars to make. And mm. a lot of I feel like a lot of games now are. They feel like they're made by people who are embarrassed that they're making video games, where it's like, Mm. I'd rather be making uh, a movie or something, but I'm making a video. And I'm like, they can be weird and strange still. Why not? But Well, I guess it's the budgets that just make them, if a game fails, the entire studio shuts down. And that sort of thing for me is a little frustrating.
1: I get what you're saying in regards to AAA development, yeah, at the high mm-hmm. end, where it's kind of like, yes, this is this is almost like the gameplay or a, a bunch of sequences to stitch together cinematics, and that's really what you're what you want to do. That's really what you want you want to tell this story. Right. Um, but uh, I, I don't. I mean, I'm curious then then as someone who has some cynicism towards that side of the industry, like, have you dabble?
3: Do you dabble in indie games ever? I do, but I wish that there were budgets to you know. In the mid 90s you could literally make a video game about a hedgehog and it was like the most expensive game being made right. where it's like now like a strange idea like that is not going to get a 100 million dollar budget it's going to be an indie game which is great but like a Nintendo obviously is still kind of doing things that are strange and interesting on higher uh budgets but I'm just like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't need a game that's uh, a big action thing or like very serious grim thing. Like, give me uh, another Katamari or something that's very expensive. It's just that it feels hard to make that sort of thing now.
0: How do you feel about because you said Nintendo's still making these experimental leaps. How do you feel about something like Nintendo Labo? Like, does that Ugh. fall into the realm of video games, or is that like a game adjacent thing for you?
3: For me, that's game adjacent. But I mm. will say, I'm I'm playing Ring Fit Adventure three days a week, uh, and that feels game adjacent as well. But right. and also, the game we're talking about today is well, is like uh, very strange and has a real gimmick to it, where. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I am now. I'm proving my point. I'm getting into. I'm just like dragging everyone through <laughs> me complaining, which is not fair.
0: Totally no, okay. This is, this is great. I
3: love this. Uh, is uh,
1: hot takes is what we're all about. Bring them, Siren. <laughs> Do you? So, like, what? Like, okay. So, are there contemporary games that you that you have enjoyed? Are there? Is there anything you played in the past couple of years where you're like, this one? I feel like is what I I would like to see more of.
3: Um, uh, that's such a hard question. I. This is my real problem in the last four years is Breath of the Wild came along and Mm -hmm. literally just ruined every video game for me, where it's now I'll play a game where I'm like, oh, I can't climb on everything. I can't. Uh, It's like Nintendo games are so beautifully made. They're so responsive. It's like truly, I think as close as you can get to like when I want my arms to move, I don't have to think about it. My brain just does that. And I feel Mm -hmm. like Nintendo games in particular are like with a Mario game, it's like as close to controlling, it's like your brain controlling the screen as you can get with a video game. And so mm. and, and when I play other developers or whatever, I'm like, well, this now I'm like with Red Dead Redemption or whatever, I'm like, I'm tapping the button to run. This does not make sense for my brain. Why? Like, I don't know. And Breath of the Wild was the ultimate version of that Where it's like, it did everything perfectly. Right. And nobody can compete with that. So now I'm like, just chasing this insane high that is in a, I mean, it's just so hard to get. Yeah, it kind of ruined you for other games. It, right.
0: That is how I feel about Street Fighter. Like, oh. Street Fighter for me is like, the thing that I want to do within the constraints of this character is the thing that I can immediately do. And it's really cool to hear Breath of the Wild described that way because you're totally right. And the same with Mario Odyssey. It's like, I want to get to that space. I know what I have to do to get to that space. Right. As opposed to there were times in Assassin's Creed Valhalla where I was like, why am I stuck on this fucking windowsill? Go in, (laughs) go into the building, go in. Do not hop. Oh, she's hopping to the roof again. Go back down to the windowsill. Like that doesn't happen a lot in. Nintendo first-party games.
3: Oh, I I think Nintendo very smartly. What I think it's probably a conscious decision on their part is they will, if they uh, will show you something, they will allow you to do it. Whereas a lot of developers were like, I was playing Ratchet and Clank recently. And it's like there's a small slope, small slope within reach, and I jump on it, and the character immediately s- just slides back down. And It's like, well, that just doesn't. If you don't want me to go on that, put a wall there. It's like <laughs> uh, Nintendo, if they show you a destination there's like a 99% chance you're going to be able to get there and like intuitively figure it out which i really appreciate and it just makes com- feels like common sense to me but i'm also not a video game developer and it's probably <laughs> very difficult <laughs> well,
1: well i think the i think the luxury that nintendo affords its internal development teams is prototyping. I mean, when we talked about Super Mario 64, you know, they spent a lot of time just like basically with just building gray box levels to just sort of make sure Mario is like feels good him running around. And obviously that's a thing you iterate on once you actually get the content of the game in there. But I, I I would imagine a place like Ubisoft that's like we we are releasing a, an Assassin's Creed every holiday season or whatever their <laughs> fucking insane schedule is. It's just like they just have to go <laughs> and and it's um it, guys it's a, we we yeah.
0: have to render all of the UK in the next <laughs> week and a half.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, like I I'm not sure how that. I think we're just kind. Of, we just have this kind of bifurcation where we've got like you know it's 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 like a it, it is like the Marvel Cinematic Universe where you've got that end of things that are being given these gigantic budgets and intended for you know billion dollar box office worldwide and then if you want to see a a, a film that's got a different aesthetic and and uh, you know some daring artistic choices you have to go to the, the lower end of the budget range. Right. I think it's. It, I think this is this this is exactly what your issue is but i think that's just how gaming has has started. what i will say is that that i feel like the indie side of development has gotten so so creative and experimental and i just think there's there's such cool stuff there that that's what makes me excited for games as well as also like I'm still a sucker for just an intensely polished AAA title. Sure. Like there's there are definitely complaints you could make about the last of us part two, which we've discussed in depth on the show. But it's just like, man, I just I like that. It, it's just so refined and the gameplay is so tight and they're trying. They're taking big swings with a narrative like I just I just love that. Uh, uh, I, I love an
3: execution like that. Right. I haven't played Part 2 yet because it came out in such a depressing time last year. Oh, and yeah. Like, <laughs> I yeah. cannot be brutalized by this video game. Right. Um, but I, I think the last Naughty Dog game I played was Uncharted 4, which re, uh, was like very polished and fun. Well, I don't even know if fun is the word. It's just like it really does mm. sometimes feel like pushing forward and like uh, context-sensitive uh, buttons occasionally you push. And right. Kind of. So, uh I don't know. It's a it's a tricky balance, I suppose. Mm.
1: It it's it sounds like from your taste it sounds like you gravitate towards adventure games, action games. Would
3: you say that's fair? Yeah, I would say that or yeah, that's essentially all I play or like very arcade, which is another thing that I feel mm. like has kind of vanished from uh the world of like I loved like the burnout games, I loved SSX, I loved Wave Race. Those games, I'm just like Can we find a little bit of money to put towards, like, fun... racing games that aren't just for car heads you know that aren't just like well look how detailed the car model is I don't care about that who gives a shit put me on a like <laughs> jet ski <laughs>
1: yeah I don't really play I mean I, I've I've I dabbled in the more arcadey racing games in the past but I don't I am not really play racing games as a rule is that just kind of what how things have gone it's just you've just got the Forzas and the Gran Turismos and that's basically it
3: it feels that way it feels uh, more and more there's like one big need for speed game every year they're mm-hmm. kind of just average and then there are like the forzas and uh that sort of thing which just i don't i i guess if you love cars those are wonderful but for me i it doesn't mean anything
1: yeah i don't even like driving like in real life so like a car <laughs> game is like so generally pretty unpleasant or just like <laughs> tedious i'm like what am i doing here cart games i can get into because it's the right. arcadey side but i'm also not good at them
0: I saw somebody's rig on Reddit that was the full interior of a BMW with a screen on the windshield and they were playing like they they had made it so that where the camera was in first person lined up exactly with where (laughs) the dash on their car had stopped and they were driving around in one of those fucking like Gran Turismo or Forza or something. And it was I was like, this is. Almost horrifying. Like it wasn't,
3: <laughs> Almost.
0: Yeah. It, like, it was really, really weird and uncomfortable. And like the, the, there's there's a disconnect in like an arcade cabinet where it's like a race car doesn't feel like this. But to drive around like a car that somebody took apart and reassembled in their house. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: It's strange, but I think also I bet if we got in there it'd be like, Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> I I um uh, yeah, I remember, like, this is, I don't know why I'm having this memory, but I remember this, I used to read this when I was he playing just, PC games as a Nick, kid.
0: Nick, Nick just talks about, like, like a movie he saw when he was eight for, like, last 10 minutes.
2: It,
1: like, completely dissociates. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Turner doesn't want to work with Hooch uh, because he's a big, messy dog. <laughs> Uh it was I just remember it was like it was it was a cabinet you could order that was a thing you assembled for specifically for PC gamers who played flight sims with a joystick so you could sit inside of it and it would feel like a cockpit and i just remember the review being like like this is really well made and this is really like you know like a uh, like an interesting it, 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 it's it's well executed, but like, come on, what are you doing? Like, don't buy this thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <just like laughs> like the reviewer was re- realizing what exactly like the hobby had become. Yeah. Just like, get out and see the world.
2: Come yeah. on. Going to buy a room for your room.
3: Yeah. Oh, you're yeah, right. <laughs>
1: I guess while we're on the topic of, of driving games and vehicle games and arcade games, we should get into this week's game, our Crazy Taxi, which is a very cool arcade experience as well as a home one on the Dreamcast.
0: It's a racing game that was developed by Hitmaker and published by Sega. The first game appeared in arcades in 1999. To give you an idea of other games that were released in 1999, we've got Final Fantasy VIII, Donkey Kong 64, Silent Hill, Crash Team Racing, System Shock 2, Driver, And Matt Apodaca's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater favorite (laughs) game of all time. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, The game was released uh, originally on the Dreamcast, but also then on the PlayStation 2, the GameCube, Windows, PS3, Xbox 360, iOS, Android, PSP, Game Boy Advance. Uh, Notably, this game's gameplay, where you drive a taxi from fair to fair, uh, and accumulate money by dropping off passengers at their destinations was patented by Sega. Uh, so that when the Simpsons road rage came out, which used very similar gameplay, Sega filed a lawsuit and it was settled out of court.
1: Wow.
2: Uh, which means
0: somebody paid Sega because they fucked up. They fucked up bad. Yeah. Uh, the game takes place in a pseudo San Francisco and you drop off guests and passengers At real world locations like Tower Records, Levi's, Pizza Hut, and um,
3: KFC, KFC, KFC. (laughs)
0: KFC. What were you going to say, Apodaca?
2: Uh, It's too late. But I was going to make a joke about the Simpsons. I was like, "Do you think that Lionel Hutz had to represent the Simpsons (laughs) in court with Sega?" And see, it wasn't worth it. Everyone's like, rubbing (laughs) it." It's like, "No, I loved it."
1: That was not too late at all. I'm glad you said it. (laughs)
0: Mm, I'm going to ignore it because I don't know what that means. Uh, (laughs) There are stunts that you can pull off in the game, such as drifts, jumps, near misses. And every time you get close to an accident but manage to pull through it, your passenger gives you extra money. Uh, It is a time attack game, so the only way to play the game is to continue to deliver passengers to their intended locations with a little bit of extra time so that you can continue. Um, back when this game came out, I just memorized the map. And I was wow. like, oh, I've got it. I know how to get there. Like, I think I might have even had a printout of the, of the map. <laughs> like um, a good cabbie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so what, what'd you guys think of this? How did it hold up? From your nostalgia rose-tinted glasses to today.
1: Well, uh, I, I guess I have to say that playing the PC port, which I did, it's still pretty fun, but it, it doesn't have the licensed businesses. <laughs> it doesn't have the licensed soundtrack. Uh, the new oh. music is not terrible, but it's not right. Nick. And uh, You can mod it to re-add it, but it, it's, it's, you know, the, by default, it's not the same experience.
3: The new music is horrible. (laughs) I would rather have like the sound of car explosions happen. I mean, like, just grinding. It is excruciating music. Where did this come from? Uh, I was trying to be
1: charitable. It, 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 it didn't It didn't bother me, but it definitely, but it bothered me in the sense that it's not the offspring, it's not bad religion, which is such a big part of playing this game right. is just hearing those, whatever, it's like eight or nine tracks that are just playing incessantly, but you somehow never get tired of them.
0: So you played, like, watching the state on DVD version of crazy. Yes. (laughs) Right. That fucking sucks, dude. It's a, (laughs) it's a bummer
1: to have that music removed because the, the Dreamcast version, which I had is so good. And this is still that same sort of like, it's a very fun gameplay experience. You know, Um, I I was, I was reading some, uh, I was reading some reviews of the PC version and watching some, some reviews and they were, and they were saying that that doesn't have true analog input. I was using the Xbox gamepad, but I guess it's just it's like digital, you know, driving, which is just doesn't quite feel the same, but it still feels pretty good. Uh, But like I I, it it really does not compare to the Dreamcast experience, but it reminded me how good the Dreamcast version was. Um, Bridger, did you did you play Crazy Taxi
3: back in the day? Oh, my God. I I can remember the first time I played Crazy Taxi. I don't know if I. Had been anticipating it or what, like reading about it in official Dreamcast magazine or whatever. But I was at the Cottonwood Mall in Cottonwood, Utah. I don't know why I was alone because I think I was in about eighth grade. But uh, I wandered into the arcade and there was Crazy Taxi, and I about lost my mind. I spent all five of my dollars playing this game. I thought about it for months until it came back, uh, came out on Dreamcast. And in the meantime, I saved my lunch money in order to not only buy uh, Crazy Taxi, but to buy a steering wheel and set it up on like a card table in my parents' basement. I don't know why they allowed this to happen. I didn't have any other racing games, but I was just fully obsessed with Crazy Taxi. And uh, yeah, so I, but then never played the sequels. I don't know why. I never, I never did either. Heather, you mess around with Crazy Taxi 2 and beyond?
0: Uh, I did back in the day, but I don't current, I didn't for this, certainly for this record, I only played the Dreamcast, of course, guys, come on. Yes. (laughs) Who would I be if I hadn't (laughs) played on the Dreamcast, on a CRT, music, original soundtrack blaring at me, Crazy Taxi, but I did not play Crazy Taxi 2, or any of the, the the most recent game came out in 2017, 2017,
3: and it was
0: Crazy Taxi Tycoon which oh, I have no. not played.
3: Mm. That sounds yeah. like a management game. Yeah. I'm not into that. <laughs> is that like a roller coaster tycoon <laughs> style thing? <laughs> That's if my is, assumption. You You're run, running like the depot or something.
0: Says such <laughs> says such a story about Hitmaker, if over the years they've gone from, yeah, 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 come on over and play crazy taxi to like uh okay. So I've got to manage this uh I've got a hundred dollar deficit on this. The drivers
3: are unionizing. (laughs) 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 Got to put a stop to that. I
0: am am reading that it is
2: a uh, endless business management simulator. (laughs) Oh my god! That the goal of it is to hire drivers to defeat a ride sharing mega corporation called Prestige (laughs) MegaCorp. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Christ. Hey, 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 come on over and manage a cab company.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take on Elon Musk. Hey, hey. We're, today
2: we're dismantling capitalism. You ready to rock? <laughs> uh,
1: so Hitmaker was legitimately a Hitmaker back in the day, also called AM3. uh internal sega developer in addition to crazy taxi they made a, another big arcade cabinet top skater you guys remember top skater is the one oh, we actually play, put up mm-hmm. we're on a skateboard uh and then uh virtua tennis which was another one where i, I believe both virtua tennis and crazy taxi crazy taxi i know used the naomi board mm-hmm. in the arcade and that was ba- basically just the the guts of a dreamcast so the 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 dreamcast ports were perfect
0: right i think i think there has been a I might be misremembering this, but there has been a recent development in the Dreamcast emulation scene where they've figured out how to take the arcade Naomi board and reverse it so that you can play on your Dreamcast games that were never released, even oh, though wow. the, the yeah. Jumbo some, Safari Some something is happening okay. on that scene that I've and I've like peripherally aware of it from the people I follow on Twitter.
3: That kind of thing stresses me out. Emulation and that sort of thing. I always just stressed. <laughs> I wish someone would come into my home and just build an emulation machine for me that just works. Every time I try it, there's like one thing wrong that I'm not smart enough to deal with and then I'm yes. just not enjoying anything.
1: It's it's so much work to get things up and running oftentimes that you end up doing things like playing the PC port of, of Crazy Taxi and that's not a fun experience either. Um, I I guess we should just talk about the gameplay. You talked about all the maneuvering, Heather, and this is a game where it's just like, first off, it feels like at some point an apology for using crazy so much will come due. Like it'll just be like you can't say crazy jump crazy you can't call everything crazy anymore that's not acceptable, <laughs> um but so you've got all these m- maneuvers you're you're you know you're jumping uh the the one where you where you get it you're a close call to another vehicle is called crazy through which you can stack a lot of which are really like and and then also. What that, what that speaks to for me is a thing a, a, a friend of mine years ago said about the Diablo franchise and why, why they're so addictive is just constant rewards. And it feels like you're getting that in Crazy Taxi because every time you do some sort of maneuver, you're getting positive feedback from your passenger and you're also getting tip money and you're ultimately right. just trying to accumulate as much money as possible. And then if you deliver someone, if you get them to their destination quickly enough, you get an, an additional time bonus like Heather was talking about so you can play for even longer. And in an arcade sense, it's like, if someone, if you, if someone really knew what they were doing in the arcade, you can play for like you know you can you can stretch that one credit into like a twenty minute playthrough. You can
3: just keep going, mm-hmm. and you're you're hearing that like cash register sound over and over yes. that I think just gets into your brain and makes you feel wonderful. It's uh and also uh the I remember the arcade cabinet you had to shift reverse to drive, and there was something very satisfying about that. There's a I don't know. And also at the time, I mean, now you see product placement in games and you're like, ugh. but at the time, it was like, I'm driving to Pizza Hut. This yes. Is wild. This, is, <laughs> this feels like reality to me.
1: Yeah. It, it, it adds to the immersion mm-hmm. and which is, you know, rare for product placement. But it's definitely it makes this world feel alive and lived in. And you notice its absence in the uh, in the PC version. Right.
0: So, so like, in my version, it's like, hey, take me to Pizza Hut. And in yours, it's like, take me to restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> is <it>
3: like that? <laughs> it's, called, it's literally called Pizza Parlor. Oh. It's really oh. sad. It's a bummer. KFC is now Fried Chicken Shack. Tower Records is <laughs> Record Store. It's very yeah. sad.
0: It was kind of a... a here, the most surprising nostalgia bump for me while playing the game again was Tower Records. Like seeing Tower Records and being like, oh, shit, I'm in the year 2000. Like, there, this is still right. a place you can go and, like, that people would want to be dropped <laughs> off at. It was so, like, magical. Like, I was like, oh, man, I want to go look at their magazine section and get some, like, weird French magazine with a CD pack in <laughs> of music I've never heard of <laughs> for $35.
3: <laughs> my, ent-
0: <laughs> my entire, like, work surplus money is, like spent what about i I don't know what this anecdote is i think it was uh, it's okay i i did this i did those things
3: (laughs) (laughs) no i i totally relate to that it's i mean i would like to this is a little embarrassing but yesterday i was like i'm going to experience crazy taxi in the most pure form i can can i drove over to family arcade in los Feliz. (gasps) oh wow Went in and it was twenty five dollars just to get in, and I said I can't see Crazy Taxi. I'm not paying twenty five dollars to get in to play it. So I went home and played it on PlayStation now, and it was not an. It was a fine experience. But
0: (laughs) have you guys been in Family Arcade? We've talked about it on this podcast. The one in Vermont,
3: beautiful, yeah. I expected it to be like a dusty dump. It's like this <laughs> glistening arcade from another time. It felt like I was like in a like a Tokyo arcade or something. It's like
0: It doesn't make any sense that it still exists, but no. there it is with like and, and generally speaking all of the controllers work too. Like it's not just a nice looking arcade, it's one where the machines are kept up.
3: And some of the arcades from my small Viewpoint of at the very front are like new games, like things yeah. I had never seen before that have come out probably in the last ten years, which is just shocking to see.
1: Yeah, it's it looks very grimy from the outside, but it's it, called but, you Family know,
3: Arcade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: they have a Street I, Fighter Four cabinet there, like a, a wow. two-player Street Fighter Four cabinet, and I used to go play during the Street Fighter Four heyday. I would go down and play Street Fighter at Family Arcade because it was the only place where you could like in the city of Los Angeles play against another person in the like in person.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, I think they're running some sort of deal right now. You have twenty five dollars. You can just play any arcade you want. I didn't have the time to justify that. But right. Family Arcade. I would have to wear
0: fucking gloves. I can't <laughs> like I still can't imagine. I know. It <laughs> like, seems like a, and a mask wild. And, like, yeah, <laughs> truly
3: wild thing to be doing right now.
1: We discussed this exact topic, the $25 flat rate, which I didn't know they were still doing. They have going on right now. And I just like I, it's on an earlier episode. And I, I and yeah, also, I just I, that's I've done things now. I have gone and done things. But that is like the most that is like you're really doing something. You're ch- If you're going to the end. arcade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean like post COVID? Or you mean yeah. like in your life? <laughs> <laughs> no, that I've done, done activities. It's like a monologue from somebody who's been shot. You're like, I've done things.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, you mentioned earlier Tony Hawk. Uh, And it's a very similar sort of game, you know, obviously that the tricks aren't as much uh, at the forefront and aren't as elaborate and don't have the same level of depth. And there's really just the two maps in the Dreamcast version. But it is a similar sort of experience where you're just playing for a a set amount of time that you can extend in this game and then just trying to get the highest score you can. Matt, as someone who's a a Tony Hawk super freak, uh, what did you think of, of playing through Crazy Taxi?
2: I mean I played it I played it on Dreamcast like when I was a kid at my right. uncle's house and I played it in the arcade and like to speak about like the arcade experience a little bit too like cuz I was like I was a kid so like any sort of arcade cabinet where you could drive a car was immediately my favorite thing because i was like i can't do this in real life this fucking (laughs) rules Uh, i I could i'm driving and i was always very crashing all the time and it was like it you know made sense why kids can't drive and they're bad (laughs) right but um i i had a great time doing that (laughs) i i played the the port on um on xbox and playing through this again i just i felt Like I mean, you know, barring some sort of like remaster, I was like, this is like the best version of it that you can get. Like for for, you know, for home, like just being able to play it at home. Because I think it it played similar. It felt like putting on like an old jacket or something. Like it felt very comfortable uh, Mm -hmm. to be playing it. Like uh, I would love for them to remake it in the same way that they did the the Tony Hawk remake, where like they just put like a fresh coat of paint on it, but made it feel exactly like how it right. did back mm-hmm. then. Uh, Cause like if they could do that, they would just be, uh, they'd have to release uh, Dreamcast 2. But that's how much money Sega would have if <laughs> <that> they could <laughs> get back into the console game.
0: Can I can I ask you guys about a question? So I'm so steeped in nostalgia when I play this game that I can't really see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if, in my mind's eye, the aesthetic of the Dreamcast and the aesthetic of Crazy Taxi aged better than anything on the PlayStation 2. Like it looks, wow, it looks complete or something like it's like, it, it looks like because there were limitations in like, I don't know, texture mapping and everything. So everything has this sort of heightened cartoon realism. It just looks really good. It doesn't look old to me. Did you guys have that experience or am I the crazy taxi?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, No, I kind of agree. I think there was like that period where Sega, like all Sega games kind of had that aesthetic of like very like super saturated colors. And like, especially the Dreamcast felt like the sweet spot where they had enough technology where like the models uh, could look kind of realistic or kind of resemble reality. Like where the N64, if things were still very blocky. So, like, you get into the Dreamcast realm, and it felt like Sega at its, like, peak. And I feel like that – I mean, like, with, like, Jet Set Radio or anything, like, a lot of those things just age super well because they look like – Yes. Tried to look like cartoons, at least.
0: Yeah. Like, like, I'm not saying that Final Fantasy X looks bad. I'm saying that it looks like a bad version of a game that's supposed to be coming out now, Mm -hmm. whereas Crazy Taxi could be released as it looks – now and will have eight like it, it it doesn't seem out of place
1: yeah i mean the art direction is is really good and i think another thing that helps is is the frame rate it it runs at like a rock solid i think it's at 60 fps on dreamcast i yes, think it was an arcade yeah it's and 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 that helps it a lot uh you know i don't i mean i don't know i mean just uh, looking through some p some of the ps2 library you know certainly like the metal gear solids were like I think still hold up visually very, very well. But I I 100% get your point. This is it's, it's a great looking game for a game that came out 22 years ago.
0: Good God. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. No. I just felt ch- like wrinkles like form on my
2: face.
1: A child you conceived oh. the year that Crazy Taxi came out can oh. legally drink. <laughs> oh, it's so great, though. It's so it's so great. And I it's I don't know. I mean, like, I just love all the a lot of the design decisions. I like that they, that you can't really crash. You just kind of bang into things at mm-hmm. a high velocity. I like that you can't. I like that that, uh you know, Grand Theft Auto took the opposite approach. But I like that that passengers and, and pedestrians just dive out of the way if you're coming towards them. I like that you can't put anyone into mortal danger. It makes it feel kind of like fun and arcadey uh, and light and and. But That the stakes are just—I don't know—it it makes it feel goofy, which I think is part of its fun. Right? Can we talk
0: about the four driving characters? And I would love to know who you mained.
3: Oh, of we've course. Got,
0: we've got Axel, BD Joe, Gina, and <laughs> Gus. Uh, I'm a Gina Ax- man. All right, you're a Gina, a Gina man. Uh, <laughs> how, how about you guys? Who did you? Did you main? Did you care? Did it oh, matter I, to you? I mean,
1: I always love Gina, but I usually. Um, like, lo- like was in love with her, uh, but I, <laughs> I would main, I would main the Mario. So I, I'd usually go with Axel. Uh, I do like that. How, how exhaustive the bios are inside the, the manual for this game. There's so much lore involving like BD Joe and Gus. It's wait, ridiculous. Wait.
0: Do you have any of that in front of you? Yes. Cause I didn't, I didn't look at the manual.
1: I'll read some of Gus's bio. <laughs> Gus is a handsome and a melancholy sort of way driver who typifies the term cool. He holds the unique distinction of being the originator of the crazy style. In his youth, Gus was wild and an uncontrollable hooligan, selfish to a fault. He hated to lose and always had to be number one at any and all cost. With a strong fascination for all things new, Gus was naturally drawn to that one unique trend that was totally cool. With a knack for getting into something before it became popular, in the days when he didn't own a car, he was riding in a normal taxi when he had a flash (laughs) of inspiration and bought an old, junked-out 1955 jalopy. Thus began the crazy taxi trend. Next paragraph. When Gus isn't driving, (laughs) he can usually be found playing cards. When the working day ends, he meets with his poker buddies, whose members change nightly, to while away the time playing poker, blackjack, and baccarat. A benefit of his gambling is that Gus has come to understand the ways of strategy, thereby mellowing his former desire to win at all costs. Learning the why and how of losing has made Gus a better person.
3: What the fuck? None (laughs) of it at all relevant to what's happening in the game. You don't get even a dose of that in the game. You have no idea these are real people.
2: What's going on
3: with Gina? Give me a little bit of Gina. I'd like to know. If Gina could be described in two words, without a
1: doubt, those words would be cool and sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Nick, you wrote this. Yeah, this is is my fanfic. (laughs) um her license plate is uh five e x y five one five equals sexy sis meaning (laughs) you know what it means (laughs) it's great
0: wait they gave all this like gambling background to gus and then for gina it was just like she's sexy her license plate (laughs) says sexy
1: (laughs) no there is literally there is there is the same amount of text i mean i could read for another two minutes about gina if you'd like uh, would, uh, if Gina two words without a doubt, those words would be cool and sexy with a strong passion for cars. Her reason for becoming a cab driver is simply because I get to race around in my car all day. Uh, but she's not so concerned with amusing her customers per se. She sure is timely. When asked if she'd be happier as a race car driver, she just laughs and replies, but it's such a rush to race through the traffic laden streets. I could never give this up. When Gina's not working in her beloved cab, she can usually be found working on it. In fact, she spends nearly all her time and money performing extensive tune-ups, maintenance, and cleaning. It is no surprise that most of the money she earns goes straight into her cab. Despite her <laughs> cab fixation, men are attracted to Gina's beauty, but she simply turns her nose up at any man who dares to woo her. Clearly, the sole object of her affection is her one and only cab. That sounds like she's fucking the car.
3: Yeah, <laughs> she's in
1: deep financial trouble.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like that they had all this like just in case they're like okay like if we're making like a uh you know pr- uh, other properties based on crazy yeah. taxi these characters are <laughs>
1: fleshed out it's it's great it's like they were making a pitch deck for the 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 tv series um there's also th- there's bios of the customers as well and the customers the customer your reaction with the customers is uh I gotta go to Tower Records, <laughs> and then like, you know, they'll they'll like say have like one line of VO, and then they'll be talking at you while you're whether either criticizing you for crashing or saying you're you're cool for uh, doing a crazy through. Um, here's some of the bios: Rachel, currently working as a hospital volunteer, this young woman dreams of becoming a doctor someday.
3: <laughs> what? What?
0: What? 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 Why? What Why? Do they have this? I can't. <laughs> for those who haven't played Crazy Taxi. You, 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 These are faceless beings who are like <laughs> waving at your cab. You almost kill them when you like pull up to grab them. They say, "Hurry up, let's go," and that's <laughs> yeah. about it. They like, get mad at
3: you for taking you to the church too late. What
0: are you? What are you <laughs> doing? Look out!
3: It's like if in Tetris there was
1: a backstory for Square. <laughs> <laughs> Um that all that said I mean like I I totally agree with what you're saying Heather this, this this holds up both visually and gameplay wise I mean even playing the kind of neutered version that that Bridger and I experienced it's still a a, a great game and maybe want to bust out I mean I have a Dreamcast here maybe want to hook up my Dreamcast and play some legit crazy taxi on it you should do it
0: I was so I inspired by this week's Playing of the Dreamcast again, that I went ahead and got a uh, a mode uh, optical drive emulator Dreamcast, so that I can play everything that has ever been released for any wow. region's Dreamcast. I can't wait to hook it up to my CRT and and just become a living uh, I, what do you call it? cliche? Like I'll just I'm just gonna like <laughs> rot. <and play> <laughs>
1: Uh, well, we should get to our final thoughts on Crazy Taxi. It's time for our review crew. Review crew.
0: Review crew. Review crew.
1: So we'll each say something positive about this game and give it a numerical decimal rating. Uh, my positive, you know, I like all the VO in this game, but the standout is the voice of the uh i guess uh, the voice of this the the game itself the narrator the announcer the the attract mode uh commentator uh the the crazy taxi who's all the crazy taxi voice who is also the voice of axel the same actor plays both roles um but here are just a few clips and this kind of gives you that would be brian
0: burton lewis thank you Heather. hey 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 it's time to make some crazy money are you
2: ready here we go Hey, you're going the wrong way. Follow the arrow. Love it.
1: <laughs> Love it. Never get tired of it. Great game. Great design. Very, very simple. Um, maybe a better arcade experience than home experience, but the home experience is a perfect port on the Dreamcast. So I'll give it a 9.2. Uh, Heather, go ahead.
0: Uh, first off, <clears throat> before I give my review, I want to say I'm behind the voice actors dot com. Uh, Brian Burton Lewis, who voices Axel and the announcer, is wearing a fedora and tipping it. So I I feel like...
2: (laughs) A king. An absolute king. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, My positive about this is that... It's... Oh, here's what it is. It's that this game didn't... Like, this kind of game didn't exist before Crazy Taxi came out, and it was immediately... You immediately understood what you had to do. Like, very rarely do you... Start a game and it explains itself within the first 10 seconds of play. And then it's infinitely fun after that. Uh, And I think that the the idea that Sega had this patent on the game until 2018 speaks also speaks to that. Like it's like it's like the first time somebody pressed A to jump or B to jump, whatever one it is, triangle to jump that. (laughs) that you were like, oh, I get this. Same with Crazy Taxi. We'd had racing games. We'd had like racing simulators. We had shooting on rails. But picking up a person, driving them to a random place on the track and then driving to another random place on the track was fantastic. Um, So yeah, I I guess the the positive thing I'm going to say is the innovation. And my score, playing on a Dreamcast with a VMU showing me the little logo the whole time. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this is a, uh, yeah, 9.0. 9.0, wow. good wow. game, great game. Wow, great score. Matt Apodaca.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I just have so many fond memories of playing, like, this game in arcades when I was a kid and, like, just, like, at my uncle's house. But I also, my my positive thing is, you know, even though they did, get, they got smacked for it. They got in trouble. I really, I really like Simpsons Road Rage. Simpsons Road Rage is, <laughs> I think, I have more fun memories of. Um, I had maybe just because I was a kid and I loved the Simpsons. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I guess to Heather's point, my positive thing is that they invented a new type of game like that, and that's just like not something that I mean there aren't any new types of games anymore, really. So like that is such a it's such an incredible feat. Oh, we haven't really talked about the Offspring. The, I, used oh, yeah. to lo- I used to love the offspring. Like, <laughs> like this game, you can't talk about Crazy Taxi without yeah, 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 yeah. You can't. You <laughs> right. can't. It is. It is. They are the same thing. It. I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I. I don't know. I, that it just it's it was exactly all of my taste at at one time in one in one specific package. So, I uh, I mean I love it. I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a
1: 9.0 as well. Wow. Great score. Uh Bridger, something positive and your
3: score for a crazy taxi. I don't feel like enough video games allow you to drive they don't reward you for driving off of a parking structure at this point. <laughs> Not enough more video games need jumps. More video games need to, you know, just this Zany. Who cares? It's a video game. You're supposed to be having fun. I'm giving Crazy Taxi a 10. Why not? Wow. I wow. I you love know,
1: it. It's
0: a classic.
3: Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, and hey, we all loved
1: it. But Heather, maybe we're wrong.
0: Maybe we were wrong. <laughs> The segment where if we just gave a video game a positive review, we're going to read negative reviews off the Internet. And if we gave it a negative review, we'll read positive reviews off the Internet. It's maybe we were wrong. I had a lot of trouble finding negative reviews of Crazy Taxi. Same. Um, Which I think speaks to sort of the universal belovedness of the title. But I did find a review of the Dreamcast Uh, as a whole that I'd love to share. The Dreamcast is an overrated console. Zero upvotes on Reddit True Gaming. Whenever the topic of 6th generation consoles come up, inevitably you'll find dozens and dozens of commentators drooling for the Dreamcast, so innovative, so ahead of its time. The games are so good. Maybe that's true to a certain degree, but was it really that good back then, and does it hold up now? To answer the latter question, no, it doesn't hold up today. And then this goes on for paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs uh, and concludes. So, in conclusion, I think the Dreamcast is overhyped. Like, whoa. That doesn't mean you can't <laughs> love it or are a bad person for loving it. Hell, I love the Saturn. I'll be the first to admit that console was a dumpster fire in more ways than one. <laughs> Fuck you. That's me. That's my, it's not in that. I, I couldn't help myself. But you know what? I find a lot of charm, value, nostalgia in the console, which rings me great. Joy, it also had more quality exclusives than the Dreamcast, but that's for another day. So this is a person who, I mean, I love Saturn. I love the Saturn, but they've just ranked the Saturn above the Dreamcast, which I guess I do too, but I wouldn't be such a dick about it.
1: (laughs) Uh, What's weird to me is because is for someone with some degree of Sega fandom to be like, I like the Saturn, but I didn't like the Dreamcast. Mm -hmm. Like, Why
3: wouldn't you like both or dislike both? It sounds like they didn't get it for christmas or something <laughs> still mad
1: um like you like you heather I had troubles finding negative reviews a lot of the negative reviews were just about like it's too short which is just like it's fun but it just i wish there was more to it That's that's this one this review by mr self-destructing game facts what's crazy is paying 49.99 for this game yes i know everyone loves this game and at first i loved it too what's not to like about it Right. You've got nice graphics, two cities bounding with life and a ton of mini games. Yep. Seems like the game has everything until you own it for three days. That's when the true crazy taxi shines through. Now I find myself asking, what's the point of playing this game? I've beaten all the mini games. I've gotten a crazy license. What else is left to do? Nothing. That's what the game just bores me now. I'd say it's a great rental, though. So even like like a negative is just still like measured praise of just mm-hmm. like it's it's super fun. There's just not a lot to it. Um, So, yeah, I have that one, and then I think I'll just read another bio from one of the customers, uh, one of the passengers (laughs) as well. Uh, Dan, a graduate student of economics. Dan is in the process of writing his thesis on the economical impact of the fashion industry on world markets. (laughs) That is
3: absolutely the bio of the person writing those bios. (laughs) So,
1: um hey it's time for the question block all right this one's from at don rocco
2: on twitter and they write crazy taxi had pretty great ports on home consoles but for me it always felt more at home in the arcade with the big loud sound and brash brightly colored cabinet what are your favorite games that while they may have had success on consoles felt more at home in arcades great
1: question Uh, Heather, a big arcade head yourself, anything come to mind? Anything where you think the cabinet is a better experience?
0: Always Street Fighter, always Street Fighter. Mm. I think that the psychological game of playing next to a human being is like an additional level to that game that you'll never get on an online experience, especially because uh, you can rage quit online. Whereas the pressure to finish out a round when you're standing next to a person and probably people are waiting to get on the machine is total like you cannot step away um that and it you know it evens out input lag there's no excuses you can say oh my joystick's broken whatever but like that's the only real way to play a head-on-head fighting game head-to-head fighting game um other than that hang on because you were on the motorcycle Mm. and you had to lean to turn so fucking cool (laughs)
1: Uh, I was, along those lines, I was thinking that, you know, certain light gun games in particular, I feel like your your time crisis with the pedal is just such a great cabinet Mm -hmm. experience, and you can, there even is, like, I think there was a, you know, they had the Namco Gun Con, which they were for replacing, which was a great light gun, Uh, and I think you could, you could... I think they had they released a pedal peripheral at minimum. You could put your like literally put your controller on the floor and just step on the buttons to do the to recreate the ducking mechanic. But it was, it's not at all the same thing. I it, That's when I feel like honestly, just having the big old gun that you could get in in arcade shooters is just so, so fun that. Hey, you know what? We talked about that with the Revolution X episode mm-hmm. where we were talking mm-hmm. about how much less fun that is to play with a controller versus playing with that big mounted gun in the cabinet um bridger you, you, as somebody
3: who spent some time in arcades uh i would say you know games like uh hydro thunder things that kind of feel like mm. roller coasters almost that when you're at home mm-hmm. it just doesn't quite feel that way also like brawlers like the simpsons or oh, uh, yeah the ninja turtles games they're like fun enough at home but when you're at an arcade there's just something like oh that old uh x-men game what was that
0: Uh, uh, children of the atom
3: maybe those were always like in the arcade it just felt like a full it felt like seeing a movie at the movie theater
0: yes especially that X-Men the X-Men one had multiple screens right like it had two screens next to each other which at the time was the great like you were like how are they walking from one screen to the next screen? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I think I, I'm, I'm looking up. I think I, I think the arcade one was just called X-Men. I think Children of the Atom was maybe the, the Genesis game. Mm. I could be well, wrong.
0: Too bad, Heather. You were wrong. <laughs> maybe I was wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, that big honking cabinet is great. God, just having something that's so specific like this is this is this was created for this one purpose with this ultra wide monitor or two monitors side by side however they did it so fucking cool uh matt any arcade experiences you feel like you've never really recreated in the home yeah i mean there are like there are pinball video games oh
2: but there, pinball's great but pinball there's just nothing like it like there, no. there's nothing like playing a real pinball machine you can't you cannot make like you cannot do that digitally like it's like the one that used to come on the computer like the pinball 2000 or whatever was like a game that i played all the time when i was a kid because it was free and it was on the computer i spent <laughs> right. hours playing that but like if i had a real pinball machine at home i'd probably play it for like 20 minutes yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like this like but just like the the like i don't know there's just so much like in a pinball machine like just like the craft of it like it is yes. like uh, it's just it's so special.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's one of those things where it'd be a uh, it'd be awesome to own, and then also a huge pain in the ass because like something would break, and you'd be like, ah, oh, now I gotta fucking yeah. find a guy who can <laughs> fix this. Yeah, anytime doing? you
2: have to find a guy
1: for something, it's like. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, let us know your picks on Twitter and Instagram at getplayedpod or send us an email at getplayedpod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at six one six two played play That's 616-275-2933 and we may answer your query on the show. Our music and engineering is by Devin Bryant. You follow him on Twitter at bafflegabs and our guest has been the great Bridger Weiniger, Bridger, a, 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 a treat to talk games with you. I, I, I hope you
3: were able to get out your, uh, <laughs> get out your grievances. I'm so sorry to come in with that energy. It's not fair. <laughs> no, I, I need it. more. I need more people in my life to complain about. The, my boyfriend's not listening to my complaints about video games. I've got to get a community. <laughs> Otherwise, I get on a podcast and just immediately bring down the energy. It's not it. fair. No, to it's anybody. great. It's great. That was perfect.
1: I, I loved it. And and hey, you can talk to us about video games anytime, online or off. So well seems like you're not interested
3: now i'm immediately i'm backing up i'm gonna get all of your numbers offline and just call you at any time of the day to just say why aren't there more 3d platformers so thank you bridger thanks you guys Um, yeah
0: thank you bridger oh
3: I'm, i'm sorry do you have anything you'd like to promote uh, no, my, you know, you already said my podcast. Listen, I mean, if you don't hate my voice on this podcast, you might like my podcast. But if you hate my voice here, it's going to be even worse on my podcast. So. <laughs> I said no gifts.
1: Check it out as uh, the name of the pod. Um, and Matt, tell us next week's game. Next week's game, Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion.
2: Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye, Bucket. Edge. Whoa, time's running out.